Hey, Pastor John Aiken here. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Faith Center podcast. We hope today's teaching will awaken and equip you to live out your God-given purpose. Enjoy. Get your sermon notes out and open your Bible to the Gospel of John, John chapter 1. Gospel of John, John chapter 1 is where we're going to start with. Um, I want you to look again at your sermon notes. We're talking about the kingdom realities. We've been looking at these these kingdom realities. and, And Jesus Christ is king. Therefore, he has a kingdom. And the realities of the kingdom are the realities of the king. So with all the stuff that's been happening in the news with the Queens passing and and, uh, lots of stuff going and and 9-11, I found, you know, uh, and there's all these pastor jokes going on about there, you know, well, the the queen is gone, but the king rules and reigns forever. All all these really stuff that, you know, can sound kind of cheesy, but it's true. Uh, I thought of this. This is what I thought of in the last couple days. It's been really interesting listening to to multiple streams of news media. And I thought, I thought like Jesus was coming back or something. I didn't know what was going on because they all were saying the same thing. They all, and so you have in this weekend, in this time, you have the news media that's been so divisive and so spinning and so whatever. Now, of course, your favorite news media doesn't do that. This is all the other ones. But it struck me. I was praying about this. It struck me. They're all saying the same thing right now. They're honoring a queen. You know what they're honoring? A life of integrity and trustworthiness and proven example. Her family was a little bit crazy, but she was good. So all the people who disagree on anything and everything are finding agreement on a life of integrity and an example of a godly life. That just I just want us to take note of that. That your life lived for Jesus and not for yourself. Your life and your example has the power to unify People are on opposite sides of the planet. And then the tragedies, the tragedy of 9-11 and the tragedy of people uh, understanding and having compassion for suffering and for an attack and for all that that happened, people are unifying around that. So you have people unifying around somebody's long-lived integrity and example And then you have a unity around the suffering and the attack and all, all the stuff that, that people go, you know, have, have dealt with. And all the things that could divide us. I just noticed this, this last few days, they've been saying the same thing. And that's weird because you switch news stations, they don't say the same thing. But they've been saying the same thing. And what that tells me is we as kingdom Americans walking in kingdom realities 
have the opportunity to bring a unity in the spirit in the example of our lives that do not even that do not fail under times of suffering pressure and persecution we have an awesome responsibility so when i talk about these kingdom realities i talk about being you see on the, your page there that we talked about being scripture fed by the word of God. It's not just a word. You don't need just a word. You need a word from God. You don't just need a word. You don't just need your buddy or somebody on Facebook or a YouTube video to give you a word. You don't just need a word. You need a word of God. You need to be scripture fed. And when you're scripture fed, you can be spirit led. You don't just need a spirit. You don't need something inspiring. You don't just need a pick me up from some kind of spiritual enlightenment. You need the spirit of God. Not just any spirit. And you don't need just love, like let's just all get along, let's just all love one another. We don't need just love, like oh, can the world just love? We need the love of God. And today we're going to talk about grace and what grace really is. And you don't just need someone to give you grace, like oh, just give this person grace, or your grandma gives you grace, or somebody who loves you gives you grace. You need the grace that comes from Jesus Christ. Because when he gives you grace, it's a grace that nobody else can give you. Because it's a grace that nobody else has. And a grace that can do what, what nothing else can do. So when you read about and think about and study these kingdom realities, I want you to listen from the perspective of are these things operating in your life? Are you scripture fed? And if not, what word is feeding your life? Are you spirit led? If not, what spirit? If the Holy Spirit's not leading you, what spirit is? Are you walking in the love of God? Or are you trying to, you know, walk in and in, in be a people pleaser and walk in the distorted, uh, dysfunctional love of man? And looking today at, and probably next week, and I don't know, I'm taking a couple of weeks to just unpack this to talk about grace. And so if you look in John uh, chapter 1, John chapter 1, and for sake of time, just look at verse 14. John chapter 1, verse 14. When you got it, say, I got it. And the Word became flesh. So this is talking about Jesus. Jesus, the living Word of God. Jesus is the Word of God. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of, full of grace and truth skip down to verse 17 for sake of time for the law which that word law is is in hebrew it's the word torah and it simply means instruction and it applies to um, specifically the first five books of of moses the pentateuch the torah uh, and then in 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 broader than that it's it's considered the the teaching of of the law and the prophets and the writings the whole old testament but it means the instruction of god and the law is true and the law is good and the law is a good thing. See, some of us, because uh, no offense to the officer and stuff, but when we hear the word law, it's like, well, we get triggered because of, our, because of things that we've done. And so, but the law is a good thing. It's the instruction of God. So, so it says that um, in verse 17, for the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And so what I want you to see is that Jesus, in your blank there, Jesus is full of grace and truth. He's full of it. 
It's not like just he has it. He's full of it. He's full of it. And when he says full of it, here's what I want you to see. He's unending full of it. It's a fountain that never dries up. He's got grace in him, for him, overflowing. Overflowing. When it's full of, you're overflowing. Jesus is overflowing with not grace sometimes and then truth sometimes because it doesn't say grace or truth. And sometimes Christians kind of fall in those two extremes. It's either truth or it's grace. And sometimes we fall prey to trying to function in a grace that does not support truth, which is really not grace, or a truth that is not fueled and empowered by grace, which is really not truth. It's grace and truth. You cannot separate them. It's grace grace for the purpose of truth. Truth empowered by grace. It's not grace or truth. It's grace and truth. And Jesus, our King, is filled with it, overflowing. He's going around doing stuff. Oops, sorry, put some grace over there. Sorry. And he's just overflowing in grace, bubbling over with grace full of grace and a grace that empowers for truth. So what's the thing that you and I need? In the Matter of fact, we'll talk about it probably next week, but the Bible says there's a throne of grace. And a throne of grace talks about the ruling and reigning of grace. So Jesus Christ is ruling and reigning and overflowing with the grace that has an authoritative reign in your life that empowers you for truth that he says come boldly to the throne of grace. So that you can have what you need from him in order to do what he's called you to do. So on the day that you fail, on the day you don't walk in truth, what you need a fresh reminder of is the grace of Jesus that empowers you for truth. His grace always empowers you for truth. Always empowers you for truth. And then look at Ephesians chapter 2 real quick. Make a little right in your Bible or... Flip over on your phone. I want you to say he's full of it. He's full of it. He's full of it. I, I could just, I could just say, I could just stop, I could just not go any further right there. He's full of it. And if he's full of it, what should his kingdom be? Full of it. What are you full of? <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus. Whatever you're full of, you're spilling over into other people. What are you full of? What would your life? What would your life? What would your family? What would your business? These kingdom realities? Talking about keep it real? These kingdom realities? Christ, the king in you? If he's full of it and his kingdom is full of it and the king lives in you because you're a disciple of Christ, then what happens is you should be full of it. And if you're full of it, you're splashing on everybody around you. And he that is in you is greater than he who's in the world. So you're in a tough circumstance. You work in a difficult place. You're going through a sad season. You're facing some persecution. You're going through a time of suffering. You're facing seasons of lack. What you need to say in those seasons by the grace of God is, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. Because where you are is not who you are. And the season that you're in does not define you. The grace of Almighty God defines you. And you got to remember who you are in the middle of where you are. Somebody knows somebody say, I'm talking, he's talking to you. 
Because you've got to be full of it. Because if you, your, and to the degree that you sense the lack of the grace of God is the degree that you allow yourself to be filled with something ungodly. To the degree that you are lacking in your revelation and awareness of the grace of God in your life, that is the degree that you will allow yourself to be filled with an ungodly reality. Lack is a terrible thing. Because if you sense lack in the area of God, you'll open up to the enemy. You'll open up to the enemy. This is where y'all get quiet. I don't know if it's because I'm saying something good or I'm saying something crooked. I don't understand y'all. Help a brother out. Be like, Pastor, that's good. I don't even care. What's, that ain't good. I don't care. I don't mind that. Just don't say it a bunch. <laughs> say it a little bit, and that's fine. You just help me redirect, you know. But goodness, help a brother out. Was that good? Yeah. All right, so Ephesians chapter 2. Let's look over Ephesians chapter 2. Lord Jesus, let Pastor John get done with the sermon today. The whole chapter is really good. The whole chapter is really good. Look at verse 3. Among whom we also once conducted ourselves in the lusts of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature, meaning our nature, our identity, children of wrath just as others. But God who is rich in mercy because of his great love, which he has loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ. See, some of y'all, this is what the world will tell you. We just need to be in unity. We can come, let's come to a table where we can all sit together. Can't we all get along? And we think if I sit with you and you sit with me, then we'll be a wonderful people. And that's all we need is just unity. That's all we need. But that's the world version and that doesn't work. So it's not me sitting with you, you sitting with me, and can't we all get along? That's a world kind of unity. The, the kingdom unity is I'm sitting with him, you're sitting with him, we're sitting with him, it's all about him. That's the unity of the Spirit. And that'll work in any king, that, that kingdom reality. See, if it's kingdom, it'll work anywhere in the world. I don't care the tradition. I don't care the culture. I don't care the race. I don't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If it's kingdom, it'll work anywhere in the world. If it's traditional or cultural, it'll only work in that church. It'll only work in that business. It'll only work in that subculture. But if it's kingdom, it'll work anywhere. Why? Because he's Lord over all. So his reality is the reality, and we sit with him. Gosh, I love that scripture. So verse 7, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace, the exceeding overflowing, he's full of it, the exceeding overflowing riches of his what? Grace. Oh, I love that. Uh, and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved, through faith and not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works that anyone should boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, 
which God appeared or prepared beforehand for those who will walk in them. So the thing I want you to get is everything in the kingdom of God, everything of the king and everything in his kingdom, no matter what it is, the first thing, the last thing, the, the smallest thing, the biggest thing, everything in the king and everything in the, his kingdom is received by grace. It's received and released. It's received and released in your life and through your life, in you being full and full to overflowing. It's received and released by grace through faith. Everything. If there's anything that you will receive from Jesus, you will receive it by grace through faith. If you believe that, say amen. amen. Look at Romans chapter 5. Flip over to Romans chapter 5. Boy, this verse just, this one, whoo. This one makes me want to just do something. Yeah, I, well, I don't know what the something is, but it just makes me want to do something. But thank you, Jim, for giving me some encouragement. Everybody else is scared. So Romans 5, verse 1. Therefore, having been, notice the past tense in all of this. The scriptures we read a sec second ago. Notice it's a, it's a done thing. It's a finished work. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through whom we also have access. Everybody say access. By faith into this grace in which we stand. Underline that phrase, highlight that phrase, and if you have a Bible you can't write in, my suggestion is to get another Bible. Watch that. So faith gives us access into the grace in which we stand, but we don't know what we're standing in. Now, if you've been here any amount of time, you've heard me teach on grace. You've heard me teach this verse and break down the, all this stuff. You've heard me teach this many different times in many different ways, but... But when we talk about these foundational kingdom realities being scripture-fed, spirit-led, love-motivated, and now grace-empowered, we have to understand the grace in which we stand. In which we stand. And really evaluate in our life, are we standing in this grace? And, and we'll talk more about some of this stuff next week about how to be strong in grace and how to do all that kind of stuff. But I want you to get this thing to be standing in. Because that word stand is a really cool, cool word. In Greek, that word stand means to be established in. It means a strong support. It means unfailing. It means you're not falling. It means there's no, it's not like you're, you're half on and half off. It's not a double-mindedness. It's the opposite of a double-mindedness. It's the opposite of, of being shaky. You're not on shaky ground. Some of us have an understanding of grace that does not empower us to stand. You have to understand the grace of Jesus in order to stand in grace that Jesus provides. So if you're standing in grace, you shall not be moved. On 9-11, you wouldn't be moved. Is it horrible and tragic? Absolutely. Will you be moved? Nope. You go through whatever tragedy, whatever difficulty, whatever season of famine, 
You'll go through whatever, but you know he's bringing you to the other side. You may walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Some of you right now are walking through the valley of the shadow of death, but that does not mean where you are tells you who you are. Because he, you will not fear. Why? Because he is with me. His rod and his staff will, will, will come for me. And he's preparing. He didn't prepare the valley for you. He prepares the table for you. And when you're walking through your valley, what should you be looking for? The table. The table. That's right in the presence of my enemies. And, but some of you look at your enemies instead of the table. You look at what the enemy's providing instead of what the Lord's providing. And you feel like you're in lack because you don't have an understanding of the grace that has provided a full buffet with Chick-fil-A on the table. <laughs> Barbecue sauce and everything. Yeah, praise the Lord is what you meant to say, Jim. <laughs> you know, that's the table of the Lord. And he's preparing stuff for you, good stuff. Is where you are, is it bad? Looking at the enemy, is it scary? Yeah, all those things are true, but the greatest reality that should be moving your life is what the Lord is doing. Not what they're doing, not what the enemy's doing. What is the Lord doing in me? Because that means he's going to do it through me. And I may be going through a valley, but this little light of mine. Not the woe is me. Oh, my God, this is terrible. Lord, change my circumstances. What a weak prayer. It needs to be, Lord, change me. Change me. <sighs> the grace in which we stand. I, can't even, I don't have time to read Romans 5. Look, read all Romans 5 through chapter 6 later. I might talk about it next week. Um, let's flip over on the page. Our media team has this little joke. They think they're funny. They have this little joke, and my son's on the media team, which I don't know if that's wise or not. But it's like, how long will it take Pastor John to get to the other side of the page? Love y'all. All right, on the back side of the page, we're making progress in Jesus' name. Grace is not self-centered entitlement. Grace is not self-centered entitlement. Amen. Grace is not sin-centered excuses. Grace does not empower self-centered entitlement. Grace does not empower sin-centered excuses. Grace is God-centered empowerment. Grace is God-centered empowerment. So the word for grace in Greek is charis or charis. Or different people pronounce it different ways. I can't speak Greek. I'm still working on English. But charis is how I pronounce it. And it's the gift of, of God's divine favor, acceptance, and ability. A lot of us have heard that grace is God's favor. His kindness, which all that's true. It all, and it produces a thanksgiving. It's, it, the word literally means God's leaning into you. 
The problem is we don't lean into him. The word is he's already leaning into you. So if you have a son or daughter or a family member that's really far from God and they're walking away from God, let me tell you what God has already done for them. Through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus and his kingdom is already leaning into that person. And that's why he says, you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. You take a step, I'll take a step, but I'm already leaning that way. The problem is the church is leaning away from people. And we're not willing to give somebody the grace that Jesus gave us. We lean away from the people that we don't understand. We lean away from the people that we disagree with. We lean away from the people that God is wanting us to lean into. Y'all are terrible at encouraging your pastor. It's God-given ability. So when you hear grace, I want you to hear the empowerment, the God-given ability that he's given you. So that word, the next thing is charisma. So it's uh, like charismatic is where we get this word from, charisma. You see the M-A added to the word, and Bible teacher Derek Prince says it this way. In Greek, when you add M-A to a word, it brings action and immediate power to that word. So, so charisma is charis in action. And that word charisma is the word in your Bible where we get the word spiritual gift. So it's a grace gift that empowers spiritual gifts. So spiritual gifts, you hear charismatics and different people, and we believe in the gifts of the Spirit. We believe in walking in the power of the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit, walking in the gifting of God. That's part of our DNA. It's part of who we are. But what I want you to understand, that the, the gifting of the Holy Spirit is literally, by definition, a grace gift. It is, the, it is the grace of God in action. So the grace of God is power. The grace of God is empowerment. Anytime you're in a temptation and you say, oh, I can't, it's a lie. You can because God has empowered you. The situation you face is not greater than you. The king in you is greater than the situation you face. But if you don't believe that, you won't receive that. And you'll be a victim to where you are. You'll be a victim to who you're with. You'll be a victim to all these other external realities instead of standing in the grace of God. What could your life look like? What could your marriage look like? What could your parenting skills look like? What could your business look like if you were standing in the grace of God? So here's what I want to end with today. Grace confessions. This is something I've used for years. It's something God gave me a number of years ago to help me overcome temptation. Some of y'all have heard this if you've been around here any amount of time. But if not, I promise you this is going to help you out. Grace confessions. I'll fill it in for you um, and then we'll walk through it. So the first thing is I am. And these are all realities. These are all kingdom realities. So they are realities of the king that, that can formulate in, a, in how do you get your hands on? How do you stand in grace? Well, you, gotta, you have to align your mouth and you got to say what God says. You can't say what you feel. You can't say what you think. You can't say what you see. You have to say what God says. Stop agreeing with the devil. Stop agreeing with your emotions. Yeah, but I just say what I feel. There's your problem. There's your problem. And then what Jesus said is you have more what you, you have what you say. So if you say what you feel and you have what you say, you get more of what you feel. 
and wondering why God and other people are not saving you from yourself. <laughs> Got that right. So these grace confessions, the first one is I am. It's an identity. It's an identity. I am. I am. I told some people recently, you know what? I, why I don't run and go jogging? You know why I didn't get up early this morning to go jogging and go run? Because I ain't a runner. I'm more like a sitter. <laughs> sit in a hot tub. Sit in a chair. Sit at Chick-fil-A. I'm more of that, you know, so that's why I sit. I'm a sitter. <laughs> why am I serving so long? I'm a talker. I am. So, so I am. It's a reality. I am. So what you have to do is fill in the blank with the king's reality. So I am righteous. So by grace, through faith, I am righteous in Jesus. I don't feel righteous. That doesn't matter. I just failed and did something unrighteous. Watch me. That doesn't matter. You should repent of it and confess it before God and remember who you are and come back into obedience but it doesn't matter in the sense of your identity. Because if, if you're not saved, acting saved don't make you saved. And if you are saved, acting unsaved don't make you unsaved. Can you renounce and walk away from Christ? Yeah, I think so, and I wouldn't play with that. But you don't lose your salvation like you use your, lose your cell phone. And so the reality is that's the greatest thing you could do is I am. I am. It's not where I am. It's who I am. So it's I am. You fill in the blank. It's and therefore, because I am, these build on each other. Because I am, therefore, I have. I am a jogger. Therefore, I have jogging shoes. Watch how it revert. How, watch how it goes backwards. I am not a jogger. Therefore, I do not have. So who I am determines what I have. And when Jesus Christ, by grace, through faith, I am a new creation in Christ. Therefore, I have the newness of the king. I am a child of God. Therefore, I have uh, the realities of my father. I have inheritance. I have power. I have everything he says I have. I have everything he says I have. So I can stop asking for God to give me what he's already given me. I can grow up and start using it. So I am, therefore I have. I have, therefore I can. I can. I can. So stop this, I can't. Stop this, I can't. I can. I can overcome temptation. I can overcome uh, persecution. I can go to the other side. I can walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Because y'all looking at the valley of the shadow of death, but as we have already established, we're looking for the table. I can. I can do finances God's way. I can stop being selfish. I can stop, stop doing my life my way, my business my way, my family my way. I can stop do, putting me at the center, and I can put God at the center because I am, therefore I have. And if I am in Christ, now if you're not in Christ, the equation stops there. If you are not a born-again believer, if you have not surrendered your life to Christ, I'm glad you came to church, but coming to church does not make you a Christian. 
If you have not surrendered your life to Christ, believe He is Lord and that Jesus raised Him from the dead, you're not going to walk in it. And worship team, why don't you go ahead and come up just so y'all think I'm ending. And so the reality, the reality is I am. And see, if you change who you are through faith, by grace, through faith, you become saved and you, Jesus is now the Lord of your life. Faith Center is not the Lord of your life. John Aiken is not the Lord of your life. A certain tradition or church culture is not the Lord of your life. Jesus is Lord of your life. And when you say, I believe Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead and you call upon in the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. And when you're saved, the king comes to live his life in and through your life and that's why you have the right in Christ by grace through faith to say I am I was this but now I am this and because I am therefore I have because I have therefore I can and because I can therefore I will and it's an act of your will I will I will I will. And what you will do automatically determines what you won't do. And you just got to make this decision. If you want to stand, if you want to stand in the grace of God, if you want to stand in the favor, the acceptance, and the ability of God, if you want to stand, you got to align your mouth, your life with, with the king by saying, this is who I am. This is what I have. And this is what I can do by grace, through faith, Christ in me. This is really what Christ can do through me. And this is what I will do. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I have the righteousness of God in me. I can live righteously. I will live righteously. I am an heir of God. That means I am prosperous. I have prosperity. I can live in, in prosperity for the purpose of generosity, I will be generous. You just put any word of God, any word of God into this equation and you walk it out. I am sober. I am sober-minded. You can look right at that substance or right at the, I am sober in Christ. My flesh is freaking out, but I am sober in Christ. I have sobriety. I can live sober and I will live sober every single time. And the day you feel like, oh, I can't, I need a drink or I need this or I need a hit or I need another nugget. I need whatever. is the day that you forgot who you are. So as we go into this time of worship, I want the prayer team to go ahead and come on up. We'll just go further into stuff next week if that's all right with you. Because the king is awakening his realities in your life. And as the prayer team is standing up here, they're here to pray. They've been praying for you all week long. They're here to pray with you. So whatever your need is, maybe if you're here for the first time, you think, I'm not going to go up in front of these people. You're going you're gonna to miss it. Some of you might say, I went up last week. I don't want to go up this week. Man, you come up every week. And if you don't want to physically pray with somebody, you can come kneel at an altar. You can turn around and make your chair an altar. And like always, uh, for, you know, if you feel like somebody's highlighted to you, there's two or three people that's been highlighted to me that I'm going to go pray for through service. And if I start coming your way and you go to the bathroom, I'm going to chase you to the bathroom. 
But other people may come to you and say, hey, can I pray for you? I feel like God's given me something for you. Let them minister to you. And if you have something for somebody else, you go minister through this time of worship. This is not a concert. This is fellowship in the spirit and fellowship with one another. We're just going to worship the Lord. So you can come to the altar, make your chair an altar. And if you've never given your life to Christ, you say, Pastor, I've been in church. I've tried to change my life. I've tried to be more good than bad. But I've never, like, surrendered my life and given my life to the Lord. I'm going to stop running from Him, and I want to start running with Him and towards Him. Then today is the day of salvation for you. And all you need to do is come and say, I want to give my life to Jesus. Some of you need to come and say, I'm giving my life back to Jesus. Some of you say, I need the power of God in my life. Some of you say, I, I, I got this situation. I need prayer. Whatever it is. Some of you have sickness attacking your body, and, and, and we believe the Lord is a healer. So you come receive. You come receive. So, Father, in Jesus' name, we glorify you, we thank you, we praise you, and we pray that you minister to your people in this time as your people minister to you. Lord, we bless you. Lord, we bless your holy name. We are not ashamed. We are not shy. We lift our voice. We lift our hands. And we bless you because you are holy. You are holy and you are high and lifted up. And we honor you, God, and put you at the center in Jesus' mighty name. Let's worship the Lord. Come receive prayer. Thanks again for listening to the Faith Center podcast. To connect with us, go to faithcenter.tv and fill out our connection card. We pray blessings over you and your family. We'll see you next time.